Hello and welcome uh, to this edition of JAMA Software Innovation Insights podcast series. I'm your host for today's edition, Jeremy Johnson. I'm Vice President of Product Management and Product Design here at JAMA Software. And joining me today is Joseph Pitaresi. He's our Senior Product Manager overseeing JAMA Software's innovation and new technology initiatives. Joseph is a... 30-year veteran of product development and innovation in semiconductor, automotive, and software industries. Uh, He's worked in natural language processing and other new technologies along the way. Uh, Thanks for joining us here today, Joseph. Welcome. Thanks. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to share what we've been doing. Absolutely. So today, and it's it's really fitting for us today, I think, Joseph, that in um, in this innovation series, we're going to talk about uh, JAMA Software Labs. Uh, so this is really a, an initiative uh, that we uh, we started about a year ago, um, and really highly focused uh, initiative. Targeted team, of course, with yourself leading from the product management side, we have a small team of really extremely talented uh, developers uh, working with you on on these initiatives. And, you know, for the folks listening out there, it's really it's really something that we looked at um, that we we wanted to look at how we could apply new technologies to our our solution set. Um, looking at things like natural language processing, looking at machine learning uh, to help our customers really build better, more innovative, higher quality products. Um, And so we formed this team and and really wanted to have this team that could work quickly, work iteratively, look at things um, and really try to to see what what fit, what resonated with customers, what could really add a tremendous uh, amount of of value, how we could unlock some of the potential that we have with with JAMA software, the content that we have um, throughout our customer base. So it was a really great opportunity to augment what we're doing in our core customer-focused roadmap. And so I think the topic that we probably should talk through first here, Joseph, is... um, you know, what's, what are some of the, the initial areas, the, the, the primary focus that you and the team have here uh, initially, um, and, uh, and kind of what gave rise to that focus? What, uh, what were some of the challenges that we're looking to, to address? Sure. Um, well, thanks again. I appreciate the, the opportunity to talk about what we're doing. And I'm just going to reiterate, the, you know, our Java Labs mission is to create off-roadmap technology and usage innovations, and uh, we're a research team. So uh, what we're doing is, of course, our objective is to intercept the roadmap with, with new technologies, but um, we have the freedom, which helps us, you know, ideate in, in a broader way um, without the constraints of the traditional product roadmap. Uh, so we're constantly looking for things that can can add to that, but uh, we have a little bit more freedom to experiment and, and actually fail. And that's that's really helpful in our process. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're, we're 100% agile. And so we focus on rapid ideation and functional prototyping. Um, we collect feedback and we repeat. So um, there's equal value to things that people like and things that people don't like because, when we get negative feedback, that gives us the opportunity to ideate and create new new technologies and new capabilities. So yeah. uh, that that's kind of how we work. Um, when this project originally started, we looked at a lot of different areas of 
potential innovation. Sure. And, um, you know, one of the first things we did was we looked at some third-party research. Uh, and, you know, we like engineering.com. Uh, our customers, you know, develop highly engineered products. And uh, we found some really interesting things. So over the last seven years, um, 90% of the engineers, you know, the people interviewed reported uh, increasing complexity in their products. And, yeah. in, you know, specifically, um, you know, the parts of these, this product complexity is involved increases in mechanical design intricacy, uh, the increased use of electronics, um, new materials, you know, applying new materials to new product development, and increased software complexity. And that's both yep. embedded software and user software. And yep. uh, so that, that was really helpful to, to look at that. Uh, and then, you know, um, they also indicated, you know, 80, 83% of the product failures that they experienced were due to poorly documented requirements. And it's like, wow, that's, uh, that's a pretty big indicator that's that huge. there's that's an opportunity. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. And, and 62% said that uh, regulatory reprimands were based on, uh, on the same problem associated to poor documentation or, or inadequately authored requirements. So, yeah. so those were really shown the light on the area that we want to focus on. Yeah. And then um, beyond the third-party research, we started interviewing our own customers. And uh, it became really clear that um, there, there were, you know, significant challenges in terms of, of authoring accurate requirements, um, helping them be understood across organizations. Development teams today are geographically dispersed. You know, uh, we have a new era of of privilege in terms of seeking the best talent, irregardless of where they are geographically. So teams are, are often ge geographically dispersed. And sometimes that includes yep. challenges around um, native language that's spoken as well. And uh, so um, our customers really, you know, kind of confirmed that this was a good area for us to, to work in. The, um, you know, this, this kind of, kind of pointed us to, this idea of, of how to increase requirement quality, provide some guidance. You know, we're not the engineers, we're not engineering the product, but how can we help in terms of structuring the, uh, the language that's used? And, and the language used in, in engineering requirements is, is very specific. Uh, it's, you know, it's, um, it's not traditional language opportunities, very specific to engineering requirements. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's um, so that's that's great. That's a good um, good feedback on on that area. And I think the you know the the interesting um, the interesting piece I think coming out of this um, research, of course, is when the the team uh, we started looking more closely at it. You and your team started looking more closely. We we saw this opportunity, and and over the last um, last couple of weeks here. Um, have introduced the uh, JAMA Software Requirements Advisor um, Technology Beta. Um, mm -hmm. And so just to give folks an idea of what, what that looks like, and I should probably mention up front that that is something uh, that's available for folks to look at. It's free. It's something that provides a level of guidance on requirements. Um, that's at labs.jamasoftware.com. 
Um, it's a beta application, and I'll, I'll ask you here, Joseph, to dive into a little bit of some of the details on that. But yeah. a lot of folks want to know, like, what does that mean? What does a beta uh, mean? What does that look like? Um, really, it's a technology test, right? The team has gone in and, and looked at um, it looked at some of these quality um, components, looked at some standards in the industry that can really provide a level of guidance, develop this web interface. Um, it's out there. It's free. Um, it can provide guidance for people that are looking for a level of guidance on writing requirements. It's, of course, advantageous to us because we get an understanding of usage patterns and things like that in the industry. Um, and I think our, our approach, um, you know, there are some other, other folks in the industry that look at this, but our, our approach is a little bit different. Uh, we look at, um, you know, a couple industry standards and things, and I, I think it'd be good for Joseph, to, to maybe talk, talk folks through our approach and, and you know, how we looked at that uh, requirements advisor beta and some of the components that make up uh, that analysis. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's a very interesting process. So, um, you know, JAMA, JAMA Connect is a really comprehensive platform with many, many capabilities. And in looking at how we were going to approach this, uh, we, we felt that um, it would be best for our mission in terms of ID, rapid ideation and, and agile development to develop this as a standalone capability to develop the core technologies and worry about integration and integrating within JAMA Connect uh, after we mature the technology. And yeah. so that's really our approach. We plan on that. That's our objective is to, to, to land within JAMA Connect. But right now, this is a standalone web application. And because of that, it's very easy to access and use. And that was allowed us to craft a very um, frictionless experience. So yeah. you, you can really log in and use it right away. And, and, and so what is the JAMA Lab <laughs> Requirements Advisor, I guess, is a good question to start with. So um, what it does, it, it delivers fast, accurate analysis for and advice for authoring requirements. And um, since requirements use natural language, we're applying natural language processing. Now, the natural language in engineering requirements is different from authoring a, a resume or a, a, you know, <laughs> another type of document. So yeah. we're focused on that type of language. So fine tuning the engineering language that's used in requirement statements. Yeah. And uh, in, in looking across the industry broadly, we found um, two key best known methods for authoring requirements. The first one is from INCOSI, which is the, um, you know, uh, INCOSI is the International Council on Systems Engineering. And they actually have developed some rules around um, writing good requirements. And like all good rules, they're technical and they're specific and they're good for experts, they're hard to use for average writers yep. and authors. Absolutely. So we really looked at those rules. And then um, it, additionally, um, another area that's surfaced is the ears. It's the easy approach to requirement syntax. So what we yep. found is we have a good rule book, which is it's right on, developed yep. from Incosi, but then how to apply those rules and structure sentences is something that uh, EARS really provides, the easy approach to requirement syntax. So our 
our uh, assessment of statements combines, it's a unique combination of both of those lenses on requirement yeah. statements. And that's the unique value that we're bringing to this space. Yeah. And um, we, we'll talk more, a little bit more about Incosian ears. Um, and we, if you go to the website, there's a lot of detailed references to both those, which yeah. um, are, are really useful. But in a sense, we're taking those two industry best known methods combining them in a unique way to assess requirement statements and then reporting, evaluating those based on, on those filters. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of our approach now. Um, you know, that, that, that's kind of how we're starting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that's a couple of things that are key there that are, I think, important to stress, um, you noted the variability in, you know, folks that are, you know, experts in requirements, right, have, have done it for many years, have formal training, have, and they're, and they're extremely active. Um, we, we tend to hear a lot then from, you know, what, what about these other, these other engineers, these other folks that are as part of this product development process, they're maybe irregular, um, you know, authors of requirements or they're, they're less experienced um, or on a project by project. And I think that's one of the things that we're, that's exciting for us and exciting for our customers that we've started talking to initially is, um, you know, how can we provide a level of guidance to those folks um, that, that don't have that formal training or, they're, they're not authoring regularly. You know, I always, I always talk about, you know, our yeah. customers are not requirements authoring companies. That's not what they do, right? They build very cool products. Mm -hmm. um, and so they need this, something like this to, um, to really, um, you know, reduce some friction in their development cycle. Right. And, and for folks that don't have to hit the books and hit training classes, they can get constant feedback and, and things like that to really, really tighten things up. So I think that's, you know, that's something that's very critical. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, too, and I think the folks will folks listening will be curious to, to understand, you know, that's those are one of the things we're focused on. What are what are some of the things that that you're hearing that we're hearing just from this initial beta getting feedback as we entered through this process. Um, you know, what are, what are some customers saying? What's, what's the, what's the feedback thus far? Yeah, it's, it's really been a, a fantastic experience um, working with our customers and, and getting, having that close relationship and, and actually customers are expressing, you know, the fact that we're, we're, we're listening and responding is something that is, is really valuable to them. And um, we've, we've had a lot, customers have been delighted actually with the tool. They've, they've confirmed the problem that we identified and that we're trying to solve. And, um, and they've taught us some things about, about the tool and the value of the tool and, and how it might be able to help. So today we have uh, advisor customers in the medical device sector, uh, automotive, um, aerospace and defense, and silicon development. And uh, these are all rapidly growing, highly technical, innovative sectors that um, are looking for, for help as much as they can. And, um, you know, what we found is that um, e even though this is a standalone web app separate from JAMA Connect, uh, customers are adopting it and using it 
for their real work today. So they're they're try trialing it, giving us feedback, and they're literally using it to refine statements and 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 put those statements into JAMA Connect. So it's yep. already helping them. So that that's really encouraging Great. from our perspective. Yep. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, yeah. Another thing that that they've taught us about, which I guess we could could have thought of it, but we didn't. Um, <laughs> The, the value, the educational value of using this tool is really high. And yeah. so, again, with customers, what we found is that um, typically in the senior levels of the organizations, in the engineering and development organizations, there's pretty good awareness of the INCOSI rules and their value and their importance. And also even EARS, um, which was, was kind of development with uh, Rolls-Royce Aerospace. So the awareness at the senior level on those best known methods is, is quite good. Yeah. But repeatedly over and over, we've heard they've had a really hard time winning adoption into the lower levels of their organization and even into the individual team level. And then um, also uh, training. So there's this barrier. So not only is the <clears throat> awareness well at the high level, but, you know, Building that in the organization is important. And then also yeah. training. So people just don't have the time or don't want to take the time, even though it's valuable time to spend, to take formal classes on the INCOSI rules and also on EARS and yeah. then develop the skills on how to apply those. And the, the really yeah. cool thing about this, and we, sh we should have known that when we started, but it's something that our customers have told us. Well, you know, this helps them uh, win adoption within their organization for yeah. using the NCOSI rules. And then while people use it, use the advisor, they're learning the best known methods. And so it becomes yeah. more automatic yeah. in their behavior. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ex excited about that now, uh, yeah. you know, more so in the front. And I didn't really even start on this adventure yeah. with that in mind. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's really high, high value from that. So yeah, customers absolutely. are really positive. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a, yeah, these companies are moving so quickly to get things to market, to meet compliance deadlines, to do all of those things that you're right, taking time out to do a seminar and doing formal training and things. And, and I think we all know just the nature of teaching and learning is, you know, doing, doing one upfront seminar and then never addressing it again is, is it's very difficult to then get that in part of your thinking and application. So putting this stuff in real time is certainly uh, a significant, significant benefit to these companies that are really trying to move quickly. Um, and, you, and you're right. We, we thought the efficacy and the quality of requirements would be, and certainly that's paramount to, to these companies, but having that real time and the educational piece and getting this indoctrination is, um, has been, uh, has been pretty, pretty significant, uh, pretty yeah. good feedback. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that the customers have told us is that, um, cause they've experimented with different tools, trying to, trying yeah. to improve requirements and repeatedly over and over each customer has told me, you know, the, the, the closer in time you can provide this feedback to the task of writing and authoring the requirements. Yeah. The more powerful this is from a quality enhancer and also from a learning perspective. So yep. whatever you Absolutely. do as you go forward, try to try to 
bring it closer together to bring back the evaluation and the reporting yep. Yep. Uh, in the time context of actually authoring. So make it as real time as possible. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a good place for us to take a break. Uh, we'll pick this up in part two of this edition, uh, where we'll focus on general best practices of requirements development. And we'll also cast our gaze a little bit more into the future of JAMA Software Labs. Uh, Joseph, again, really appreciate the insight. Well, thanks, Jeremy. And I just want to encourage everyone to give Advisor a try at labs.jamasoftware.com. And I'm really looking forward to continuing our discussion.